You know, that's why I refer people is because I know they'll be taken care of yeah. by these companies. But those companies will be the first to tell you. If they start to falter on service, they don't like Shawnee. Nah, they, they're big fans of Shawnee when he gets them in a store. Oh, I don't think I don't Not think big fans of Shawnee when they fire them because they suck mm. at their jobs because they outgrow their support. Sales, marketing, automotive. Jason Harris has done it all. This is the After Hours with Jason podcast. After Hours with Jason podcast is sponsored by DDS Beer Club. Beer specifically crafted for hardworking sales professionals. Find out more at ddsbeerclub.ca. All right, Sean, Steph, thank you guys so much for taking the time tonight and yeah, speaking with me. I know you guys just drove 10 hours from Wisconsin. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm yeah. just going to say that's pretty badass. So we're just going to start it yeah. off there because it is really, really cool. Uh, what I'd like to do is uh, just take the first couple of minutes and have you guys kind of introduce yourselves and how you guys kind of got started in the business for all the people out there that don't know how you got started. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we... Uh... Well, first of all, thanks for having us, Jason. Thanks yeah, for coming out to us late here in Nashville. Appreciate you doing that. Um, mm, that's great. We got started in 2000, let's see, let's see, 2003? Three? Four. Together, together as a couple, yes. It was a couple. Oh, sorry. Yes. yes. Well, that's what Jason originally asked us. Yes, you yeah. a couple. Yes. 2003, and then we moved, uh, moved to Colorado. Within like I nine would... months of knowing each other. Nice. Yeah. Nine months. Let's go to Colorado. Yeah. That's Colorado awesome. from Illinois. Or no, maybe, maybe that was nine months living Nine months to together. move together and then within a year yeah. we'll be in Colorado. Sorry. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. And uh, we, I've been in the car business my whole life. So I was just, you know, basically we went on vacation to Colorado and she had never seen the mountains. So she said, hey, is there a chance we could live here? And we're like, sure, in the car business, you know. Sure. <laughs> Walk into a dealership. It, Colorado's gorgeous. I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't blame you. It was awesome. Where, whereabouts in Colorado? Uh, in Boulder. In Boulder, originally. Very cool. Yeah, moved right in there, and then we were there for seven years. Seven years. Yeah. And running dealerships, trying to work, work my way all the way up. You know, get to that threshold that you were at as far as being an owner and working towards that, and just uh, something that probably in that particular situation wasn't going to work out long term. Yeah. And uh, we got, we got asked to go take a corporate job. Funny. Funny that we're in Nashville, Tennessee, telling this story. I, uh, <laughs> I, got, I got asked to take a corporate job, so I flew out here to an interview with uh, Nissan North America mm. for a consulting job through ADP Cobalt Nissan deal. I came out here, and they gave us a job, but the one caveat was we had to move back to the Midwest where we were from. Oh, wow. So I remember calling her and going, hey, we got the job, and she's like, sweet. He's kicking it. You know, we have a great time in Colorado. Not so much. It's over. Yep, we got to move back <laughs> to the Midwest. So. so we tried to think the positive of it, and yep. we're going to go back home and be closer to family and save some money because it's very expensive. Sure. And seven years later, here we are. Yeah, seven years later. <laughs> and I, I obviously, I obviously uh, only, only lasted about 18 months Yeah. in the corporate world. Uh, that's just, uh, that 18 months yeah that's it's longer than most it's you you must be like me you just kind of have that 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 entrepreneur bone it's just you you know i would almost i would like it if i could work for someone i really would you know it would make my life a little easier if sure. i could just strap myself down and just do that but i think about 18 24 months was about as long as i actually made it as well <laughs> and you just you have to i don't know it's just gotta do your own thing it's it's not only that but it's just there's just so much red tape oh, yeah. you know and you, you can't get anything accomplished you have to ask a million questions simply the people answering these questions haven't even done the job that you're trying to train on so it's just like 
how can I continue to work in, a, in an atmosphere where the people above me making the decisions don't have any idea what's actually going on? Mm-hmm. So uh, we decided that we would take a chance and it started off, we were going to buy into a dealership. And so we reached out to my now business partner, but a good friend, Jeff, my operations director and started talking about a dealership and blah, blah, blah. So then I got a chance to sit down with an owner who had 17 stores in Wisconsin. Wow. Sat down with him and said, Hey, here's what I'm looking to do. And he kind of looked at me like, you don't want to do that. I was like, why don't I? Like, right? Like, <laughs> this is what he's ever dreamed of or spoke <laughs> yeah. about. Why would you tell him it's not so to do something? I, I got a very, I had, I had a very similar per, uh, person tell me the exact same thing. It's, it's, go ahead, it's, all, it's, all, it's all I want to do. You know, and he's like, absolutely not. He's like, you can help so many more people by just running your own business. Why don't you just start your own company and, you know, start with three of my stores. Yeah. So three stores and 3000 bucks. Is what he guaranteed me for 90 days. Nice. And asked me to jump off a bridge, you know, with a six-figure corporate job and insurance and everything else. But, you know, she's the CFO in life and in business. And so her and I sat down and she's like, look, you can go take a job. You can, you can try this. If yeah. it fails, you'll know in six months and you can go on about your life. So she decided to give us, uh, give us the green light there. And uh, Jeff was on board. He had a corporate job with Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. So he quit that and came to work for us too with a, you know, $30,000 guarantee. And, I mean, last time I made 30 grand, I was 18 years old, so I was a little uncomfortable. But, you know, for me, it was it was worth it. Now we're, this is year six. Coming up on it. Yeah, coming up on year six. And, I mean, I, I can't can't thank her enough for the opportunity just to, to trust. You know what I mean? Like, it's you, know, support, you know how it is. Right? You, have, you, have, you have a wife. I mean, it's to have someone support you through it. I can't imagine what she's dealt with over the last six years. I mean, me, I get to just deal with car dealers, which seems easy, but dealing with me is more difficult. <laughs> now, I mean, obviously there had to be some times during the whole beginning part where you just kind of questioning yourself, or was this like, it, when it started to go, did it just start to take off? I'm just kind of curious in that beginning portion, how was it? it totally, I'll, get, I'll get your version, and then I'll get his yeah, yeah, version. No, go ahead, no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yours first, yours first. It totally was not a thing. Um, some of his previous, I don't know, dealers were into it and were on board with us but some were like I don't get it and then we had problems with his previous employer in the first year and it was like I just told him put your head down we're gonna make it I know how to budget us through it put your head (laughs) down keep your mouth shut for a year and let's get through it Mm -hmm. yeah they had me on a non-compete clause basically you know and I was I was very uh naive slash arrogant slash really didn't think anyone would care that I went off on my own. And so I did that and they, they came back to me and basically said, Hey, look, you know, you, we're going to sue you for a million dollars and breach of contract and all this other stuff. And so had to go hire the best possible attorney I could find in Wisconsin to make sure we didn't go that far. Um, and worked our way through it. And basically the writing, I still debated to this day, it was written that I couldn't, call on people that I had left. Yeah. When I left, all those people called me. I could show you cell phone records. Yeah. Every call is from someone else to my phone. I never once poached anyone. Yeah. Um, but no one cares. And that was her point was keep your mouth shut and well, don't do it. Just put your head down. If they're scared of you, you're on to something. So put your head down. Let's hone our craft. Yeah. And then come out guns blazing. Well, and and I think that's 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 really key is that you had, you have to run your own race. 
Yes. And there are times that as we're building our businesses that um, you know, it's, it's like a horse race. You know, you got to put the blinders on and not pay attention to what every other horse is exactly. doing. And you just, you just continue to run forward. So that's cool that you had some amazing support while doing so. Yeah, I mean, there's no way any of this is even possible without that, without her support there, and then Jeff's support on the business side. I mean, these guys run, these guys run a good eighty percent of my life. Yeah, and I gotta just show up to most places, and that's, and talk. But again, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for everything that he brings to the table. So, well, it's a collective it's, support. It's, it is. It's. It's. Um. I. I can say this coming. Being an entrepreneur myself, it, it, you rely heavily on the pillars that hold you up at times. True. Um, so without those, it can become incre- increasingly difficult. No doubt. You know, when I, uh, f- well, for me, when I was growing up, it was actually my father. So I have a very weird relationship with my father, and my wife still struggles with sometimes. But he was my coach and my father at the exact same time. So I did track and field, you know, very competitively all through middle school and high school. And uh, every summer we travel all over the country doing track meets, you know, so we have this ability to kind of fall in and out of coach and father almost simultaneously. Uh-uh. And um, some from, for the outside world, they don't necessarily know exactly how that is. I imagine you guys are probably do something along that lines. You fall in and out of business partner and... <laughs> I would I would say that we are pretty much transparent wherever we are. Yeah. We yeah. I think sometimes I feel like it's hard for people to be around about us because we are who we are at all times. So the business and personal life is all kind of one for you guys. It right? is because we don't I mean we don't, we don't have, have children. We don't have we don't have kids. We yeah. don't have an office. You know, the, the yeah, office the office is a house. Yeah. That's where we're at. And Jeff's right around the corner in Wisconsin. So I mean we just we just kind of hang out and everyone everyone does their jobs, you know, and we, we get things fulfilled. But as far as how we started coming out of the gates, gangbusters, we had a big contract out of the gate. You know, I think that's what happens to a lot of entrepreneurs if they're smart. You know, you mm-hmm. take a, people say, oh, you take risks. Okay, I take calculated risks. Yeah. Which, that's really which what may as well not yes. I mean, they're really not. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't jump on airplanes without parachutes, you know yep. what I mean? I jump, out with, <laughs> I jump out on someone's back. You know, yeah. I make sure. But so when we first started, who we were for the first 90 days and who we are today, they're nowhere near the no. same company. No. You know, we, I wanted to be the next big training company. Yeah. I was going to take over the training world. I knew how to do it. <laughs> and I mean, the lawsuit, the lawsuit scared, didn't scare me. What it did would open my eyes to how flooded of a field that particular world is. Oh, it's, it's huge. There's just so many people playing in that space. And so why bother? Yep. So we came up and developed a different plan, which was to basically sit between dealers and vendors and help dealers understand all the things that vendors were trying to sell. I mean, look, you're a vendor. You understand the digital space. Every second, there's another vendor selling something that's going to make a dealer more money, selling more cars. Oh, 100%. And being a dealer, you were a dealer. Hearing that shit, you were just like, man, these people are... If I I really did what you said I'd do, I would only need like three of you as my actual advertisers (laughs) because I'd sell like a million cars according to all of you. So every awesome. every single one of them is the best. Yeah. We're all the number one, you yeah. know. Yes. And yeah. um, you know, without us, you're not going to sell any cars. So you better sign on the dotted line, right? right. right. Um, but, without, but without dealers, there's none of this. <laughs> dealers are responsible for so much of a micro economy as it relates to that. One hundred percent. And I don't think a lot of people really pay attention to that. So oh, the micro economy is you know, the average dealer with NADA says fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a month on you know advertising. That's a lot of money. I mean, that I don't is. care what anybody says. They're talking about a quarter million dollars. Yep. 
But it's car dealer as well. Car dealer rich isn't really a th- as much of a thing as, again, people think it is. Like, yeah, know, that, that's a know? pretty big misconception. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of people think that if you're a car dealer, because I would tell people, you know, I, I have a Mitsubishi dealership, right? And they go, oh, so where's your where, where's your Maserati at? Right. Like, you you got to be rolling with the Ferraris then, right. aren't you? And it's like, dude. No. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> like I'm, I'm leveraging my fucking eyeballs. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like I don't like, have a chance, man. Dealerships are so cash insanely heavy, right? Uh, or demanding. Demanding. I mean, demanding. demanding I mean, yeah. I literally. I mean, we could have, I could have a, several million in the bank. Start by let's say the third of the month. By the fifteenth, there could be a couple hundred thousand, and by the twentieth, I'd be literally negative. 217,000 and then the first would come around the bank would pay on all their contracts and blah, 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 <laughs> go right back up right. but that's how that's how that's how, the, that's how the scale of the life is in the business right yeah. and that's what you feel those, those spikes in times is that that's what it's about mm-hmm. and that's why i had to get out of retail frankly is because at the time where i was at it was either going to be her or work and i didn't want to choose work i mean i would i want to do that yeah. but i love the car business you know that's all I, I care about. I think you were afraid it was either me or yeah, the car business yeah. because he had it happened within the dealership. There's relationships that broke up and why did your wife leave you? Well, because you're in the car business and this is your life and you're never yeah, home. It, it's funny that you bring that up because I, I have thought about actually surveying to see how many because I've met a lot of dealer principals. And I'm always amazed to find out, and I would really be curious to know what percentage of them is on their second or third. It's got to be fifty. Totally. I would, I would say you're, you you got to be close. Totally. Like it, it, out of out of the hundreds and hundreds, I might be high. Not, you know, I, it, it's it, it would it would be close. Yeah. Look, this uh, this business is we are at the mercy of 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 the consumer, and the consumer has a very specific time when they want to do business, and that is pretty much what it is. I mean, when I was having the deal, when I were in the dealerships, I was um. I was there before my kids woke up. I was home after my kids went to bed. And you know, it was Monday to Saturday. Sundays the dealership was closed. I would go in just so I could do paperwork because it was the only time nobody would be there to ask me to put out 15 fires for them, you know? Yeah. So it's a, it is a very, very, very demanding business, but it's also a place that we just love. It's one of those things that gets in your blood and you just can't get the damn thing out. I can't, you know, I, I, I sold my first car when I was 17 years old and it was just like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, so was, tell me about your like, first car that you sold. Because <laughs> everybody remembers their first. <laughs> I do. <laughs> my first what my first was a nineteen ninety-eight <laughs> red cavalier. And I know this because it was my demo. <laughs> and I was told that if I could sell my demo, I could get a nicer one. There you go. So the first day I was like, well, cool. I'm going to try and sell this. I want to get out of the Cavalier. Move, you know what I mean? <laughs> so there you go. Walked in and it was, you know, it was, a, it was a younger couple. Just needed a cheap car. And thing had crank windows and bam, bam, bam. So I was like, all right. Cool. No AC? Young couple, uh, AC, but crank windows. Manual? AC, uh, automatic. Nice. Automatic, yeah. Young couples getting ready to have a kid or whatever and came in. They were like, look, we need a car. It's a deal. I was like, well, got this demonstrator model you know it's already been <laughs> driven by someone you know and drove it for one night and they're like cool we're in so did that got excited and was like yeah this is cool and it wasn't because you made any money it was, at that point it was a new car deal on a cavalier it was 150 bucks yep like, this is exciting but no it was exciting because then i was like all right well 
how do you want to drive a trailblazer? And you're like, yeah, now we're talking, dude, about <laughs> yeah. SUVs, sweet, you know? sweet. Um, but you know, you're 18 years old, and it, your life is, yeah. it's. I've said it before. When you're middle class, middle America, and you get into the car business, and you people didn't teach you about money. Yep. You kind of get screwed. Um, I made a ton of money and didn't have any idea what to do with it. I hear you on that one. Make six figures before your parents do, before people around you do, before you're even able to bail or, you know, buy yourself a drink. And it's it, it just it, it sucks because you t- it changes who you are. Yep. I have such a I have such an odd relationship with money. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And when I met her, she's got it like the polar opposite relationship with money. I'm very tight, whereas he can spend all the money in two seconds. So it, yeah, it's we interesting. We just balance each other out then. We well. do. We right. are very balancing out that way with things like that, definitely. So, no, Steph, you didn't sell cars, did you? I didn't, no. Okay. I, what was the first car you bought? The first car I bought? I want to know about that. Oh, my gosh. What? Tell her the deal with that. Just, I want, <laughs> well, I want to tell him the deal what you want. I want okay, you to tell the deal what you oh, want man. and why you want. You oh, got to tell him. That's what he wants to hear. So I'm a very rigid person when it comes to <laughs> numbers and budgeting. So I started off in the finance world. I worked for um, Harris Bank, which was bought out by BMO now. Mm-hmm. And then I worked for Edward Jones Investments as just an office administrator. And I learned investments and saving money and budgeting and stuff like that and so I was told you know like when I go in I told the guy I am looking for a $250 payment and it was a Cavalier or Z24 payment buyer on the lot that sounds like a great deal yes (laughs) but again I I was living on my own or I wanted to you think so yeah you're saying to yourself Two fifty mm. uh, up to as much as, as though, right? Yeah, that's what you're doing. You wait and see, my friend. It's bad. It's bad. And so he came back to me at like two sixty, and I said, "No." He said, "No." What? No, I said two fifty, and so then I think he came back at like two fifty four, and I said, "No." <laughs> And, he, and so I had already scoped out a, sun, a Pontiac Sunfire. Nice. And he said, I had already told him, and he said, well, good luck with that hunk of plastic. I'm like, well, cool. It's like 225 So Says the, the guy selling a I'm Cavalier Z24 <laughs> on the other side of the town. A guy is selling a Pontiac Sunfire. Just a badge. Just a badge. So literally, same factory. Same rollout. But I was just, I grew up in a family where my dad always had Chevys. And so yep. it was just kind of like, he was pushing me to have Chevy. And it was just like, Neh. you know, I'll yeah. have what I want for 225 yeah. And so, yeah. And that guy, I'm walking out, and he, my dad's just kind of shaking his head and like, like wow. Well, like it's four dollars a month, and she's like, exactly. Exactly. It's not two fifty. It's not. And that's it. Yeah. That's how she rolls. So I, I, was... I, I can't imagine when you walked into the other dealership, right? Yeah. And, and the and the Pontiac Sun. No, the Pontiac was. I was already set up. Two twenty five. Yeah. He's like, here. That's what you want. And I'm like, cool. She'd already I'm negotiated done. for herself. And so dad, I, dad thought he could do one better. You know, he's and take her to the Chevy store. Oh, the one that dad he had. show you how to buy a car. He had always been a part of, you know, like buying from. And yeah. So yeah. So that's what happened. And so then I ended up with the Sunfire. 
with the sunflower. Granted, that had a bullseye on it and crashed like five times and ended up totaled, but whatever. It was a hunk of plastic that was two twenty-five a month. And as a girl, I, I was nineteen years old and wanting to live on my own, and it worked for me. Yeah, I mean, it was. We have. We were just joking the other day about just two entirely different kind of eighteen to twenty-two-year-olds. By the time we met, like just yeah. the path that we took to find yes. each other. I mean, she's on a two twenty-five payment. He doesn't. <laughs> I don't have. I don't he doesn't even understand what a Clearly payment you means. You weren't the guy trying to sell the, the Cavalier, then. No, okay. Oh. No. So let me just tell you a story that we normally have, which is very uh, unrelatable to people. Mm-hmm. Which is um, when you are younger, you have to fill up your gas tank with whatever money you have. So if that's yep. ten dollars, five dollars, that's what you do. Change. I remember. Young Sean Welsh here has never had a problem with gas money. He doesn't understand that. So when he's in the room, I'm like, don't talk to him. I literally don't get it. Like, people are just like, you don't remember when you struggled? I was like, no, I don't. No. Look, man, I've been an entrepreneur. I mean, I started charging my parents above and beyond, you know, their money when I was like 12 years old. I mean, I started my own cleaning business basically by saying, look, this is a union strike. Like, I'm not doing this anymore unless we pay up. Because I can see the labor rates. I can see this thing climbing. We got to do it. And, you know, my parents were, my mom's owned her own hair salon my whole life. So yep. my, I, I come from people who get that sort of the life and, and get what it's about. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate. You know, I, I've, I've always tried to sell something. I mean, uh, knives, you name it. I mean, see, this is what I find interesting is that, it, see, all of us entrepreneurs, we have a very, very, very similar child background story, right? So I, I went to a, a private school, okay. and um, there were a lot of kids at board the boarding rooms. Uh, they boarded there, yeah. right? So I maintained three lockers around campus that were full of whatever candy and magazines and comic books you needed. I had you, right? Like, it was just like, and that's, I mean... And it's not like my parents said no. I mean, shit, my mom drove me to Costco so I could buy the candy and, and stick it in the lockers, right? right, right you know? Right. And it was like, you know, vegetable stands, you know, when I was really, really young. You know, my, my uh, grandparents had a farm. So, you know, he, my, my grandfather just said, an exuberant amount of squash so I would go out there and I'd steal all the squash and then I'd go sell it to his neighbors and then he'd come out and go what the hell is squash I said damn rabbits <laughs> and, he, and then it was the best thing ever because then because then he gave me he gave me my first 22 and he was like you see one take care of it I'm like all right I'm gonna keep my eye out for this not only did I sell squash and got a 22 out of it but right, nice. that's just our stories are it's just, I was gonna find that right it was like when I was old enough um, I got my first my first truck was a uh, Mitsubishi Mighty Max. Okay, nice. All right. Nice. With a camper shell on it. Sweet. And it had this amazing kind of like a like a Navajo Indian like car seat cover. Very like nice. Like it was really, really... Very nice. Very, like I, beaded? I, yeah. Nice. It was very, 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 very awesome. Very good. Yeah, no, my um, first car was a, a white 85 Cutlass with the crushed blue interior. Yeah, there you go. Solid. Right? Solid. Yeah. Two-door, maybe. But I filled that truck up every single weekend with um, tables and chairs and a tent. And I drove up to the drag strip and I sold hot, overpriced Hot Wheels to kids at the drag strip so their parents could, you know, actually watch the race. You know, they, I, you know, Hot Wheels would have been 50 cents at the time. I was charging like two or three bucks for a Hot Wheel. I remember one parent coming by going like, what? This is ridiculous. Don't buy it. And I said, well, if you buy it, and then I had this entire 20-foot section of track that the kids could buy and then play with their Hot Wheel on, and they're like, 
oh snap this is babysitting yeah. okay here's 10 bucks <laughs> um, nice. you know and the kid would sit there for an hour by hot wheels and run it on my track you know but i find that's just we're there's always some similarities or some stories kind of go always along with that right that. always trying did you did you have any of that growing up? It's not. I have a complete opposite relationship with money, <laughs> with jobs, and money. And money, yes. yes. Yeah. I. So you guys um, perfectly balance each other then. Yeah, I like to take care of you know the house and the family, and I'm a health and wellness, as he likes to say She's it. But I am a behind the scenes yeah. kind of person, so I do the podcast and. You know, she does all the back end stuff. I do everything. I, I like to say everything that no one else wants to deal with. Then I'm, they're like, hey, Steph, can you do this? <laughs> she, handles, she handles, she's our CFO, like I said, both in life and in work. She's The nice thing about it is she's also balanced too, right? So she doesn't, having not been in the car business, but been adjacent to it for now 16 years. Yeah. Yeah. She has her opinions. And well, see, and I think helpful. that's a valid point. I'd actually like to hear that because both of us have been in the car business. You've now got to experience the car business from the kind of the outside in. Yeah. You know, where did what, in the current state of the car business? What do you think? What do you think is going on right now? Where you see dealerships and user experience and stuff like that? That's not really something. That's not really my thing. I'll be honest with you. What side of the car dealership then then do you see? I see more the inside. When we were talking earlier about um, the dealer and the people who work at the dealership, I'm more sympathetic to those people. And that's kind of what I love about this business is that we have been on both sides of it now. Mm -hmm. And I don't like to see when people pick on the dealers or the people who work at the dealership, it's a hard life and they really struggle. And yeah, I, well, I think that's a great, a great thing to actually bring up. And it's some often enough. We don't talk about it is, is is that, uh, we're actually humans that work at these places. And you're not terrible people because you sell cars. (laughs) Well, there are some stereotypes out there. It's one of the things we're always dealing with. No doubt. Is you know for unfortunately for a lot of people, um, you know, visiting a dealership is right up there with going to the dentist or having to visit a lawyer. Like this literally, their expectation of what the experience is going to be like, right? And uh, what they what they don't realize is that we're just normal individuals just trying to make a living as well. No doubt. Uh, because there are there have been bad apples. I know you probably know. I've oh, met a handful of myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe you, you've met I, a few. I, I, grew, I, grew, okay. I grew up in the Chicago car business, so I mean, yeah, no doubt. It was totally different for him coming from Chicago to Boulder to sell cars. He went from taking advantage of people heavily to <laughs> then being toyed around with people who are educated and have learned about the product before walking in and just expecting you to sell them a cheap car. Yeah. And he was really very beat up over the Chicagoland area of that part of it. The grind that goes to the metro areas like that is a lot. I mean, yeah. the competition's huge. The expectations are even bigger. And the further you get west in the United States, the more laid back people get. And so bringing that tenacity from Chicago into Colorado, I initially got nicknamed Chicago Sean. And <laughs> the first time I threw someone out of the dealership, the owner came over to me and was like, what are you doing? I'm like, you can't, you can't I'm like screw it. this. This guy's a mooch. You people like this will be back. Don't worry about it. Like, seriously, get him out of here. And it, you know, three hours later, a guy shows back up and buys a car. And it's like, well, how did you know? It's like, guys, come on. You guys don't sell enough cars because you don't, selling of cars you, you sit here and you expect cars to be sold yeah you know we need to push people we need to get them over the edge so now there's 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 ups and downs you know it's i worked through 9-11 man 
yeah. our business. I mean, that, I do. I that'll change that. you. Yep. You know, uh, the recession, 08, 09, that'll that's, change you even more. Yep. That's um, what that's what drove me to Canada. Yeah. Well, uh, initially, really? Yeah. I was working for a GM group. I was head of internet operations in BDC. And then, yeah, it, it, everything went belly up. And uh, my wife's from Canada. Huh. So I was like, the hell with this. I'm moving to Canada. I just thought I'd find myself another big dealer group to work with. Oh boy, was I surprised when I got off the plane. Yeah, there's um, four. <laughs> oh man, it's everyone's owned by. So there's the, and it's still the case. I mean, the, the the dealer groups. And now this was I moved to Canada almost eleven years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, so th- it's gotten better. There, are, the groups have gotten larger, um, but still a fair amount of them are more of like a just a group of dealers, not actually a dealer group. If that makes sense, there's kind of two totally different mentalities there. And um, yeah, when I it it was crazy. I got there. I I thought I'd find myself a dealer group to work with. That wasn't the case. Uh, I remember walking into a Ford dealership and introducing myself and telling them a little bit about my marketing background and my operations background and stuff like that. And when they heard marketing, like, oh, yo, I, you know, I like to. I, we just changed some things. So I'd like to get your opinion on on what we're doing. I said, oh, that's cool. So he reaches into his his desk, and pulls up open a drawer, sticks an envelope probably about that big on the table, about that thick. And inside was $35,000 a month worth of newspaper clippings. And that's what this guy's marketing strategy was. And I was like, what, what, what? And I'm like, I'm like, where's Ashton Kircher? He's going to pop out, right? Like, I'm getting pumped right now. I'm like, where's he at? And I thought for sure that had to be an isolated event. Actually, that wasn't. That's when I knew I was exactly where I needed to be. Sure. Like, I just, I, I, I literally, I remember coming home. And I walked to the door and at the time I had just moved to Canada. So I was living with my wife's parents, right? Because we were still just kind of moving up there and getting situated and everything. And um, in fact, my uh, resonance paper hadn't even cleared yet. Uh, it was probably just within about three or four weeks for that clearing. And she, I just had the biggest smile on my face. And she's like, what are you smiling about? I'm like, this is like, I'm going to like it here. I'm going to like it here. Like, this is good. But I remember, I, so of course, I, I couldn't find a big dealer group with it, so I consulted with a lot of dealerships, right? And uh, one Saturday, I was there doing a Saturday morning meeting with the dealership. And then afterwards, I just started to hang out for a little bit. They got super, super busy, right? And uh, there was someone in the showroom, and I said, hey, do you mind if I, I'll help you out a little bit, right? Um, he goes, okay, that's cool, but you can't do the whole thing because up here, you need a license to sell cars. Yeah, you actually, you have to pay the government about four or 500 bucks just to sell cars. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother topic in yes, itself. Um, like seriously, you have to pay the government to actually take a test just so you can sell cars. Yeah, wow. Colorado, I thought somebody Colorado was. Colorado has that. Money. Wisconsin has that. I mean, it's not nearly as expensive. But there are it's, certain states that have it. Yeah. It's crazy, and then they make you renew it every single year, so you sure. pay the extra amount. And does right? it go up or does the price stay the same? Price stays the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I grabbed this customer. I filled out a credit app. I gave it to him. And I said, "I'm gonna go. T- hey, I'm just gonna go take this customer out for a test drive. Can you run the credit app?" And they looked at me sideways. What did you just do? I said, credit app. Like, I don't want to go spend two hours of my life and then find out they can't finance a hot dog. Like, right. what's going on? The guy wants to drive like $65,000 truck. Like, run the credit app. Oh, no, no. We don't do this here. Like, it is a three-day process to sell a car in Canada. It is. And you, don't, and you can't deliver the car on the spot. There's no spot deliveries. There's no spot deliveries. It actually has to be physically licensed. 
So you actually could buy the car, then the customer has to disappear for two or three days while you get the licensing, and it has to be fully insured before How it can take deals roll out on a deal like that? Tons, God, tons will fall unrolls, all the people, Tons will fall People show up on Friday, think they're all good to buy a car, right. and, then and then come, come back Wednesday, and, and they're like, nah, I don't care. Because, you know what, my brother-in-law called this guy he knows whose who's uncle's mother, sister's cousin, sister, works at a dealership, and she could hook me up with a better deal. Yeah. Wow. So, like, in, Can- in Canada, where you negotiate uh, from cost to MSRP, not where here where we negotiate from MSRP to dealer, uh, dealer cost, right, right. Um, we're actually negotiating down, not up. Wow. It's solid. the trippiest thing in the world. That's solid. Yeah, it is the trippiest thing in the world. It's a great huh. So I had to learn a lot of things really, really quick, right? Um, but that gave me an opportunity. You know what I what I learned here, taking it up there, and just kind of getting it in. But it's 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 a um, it's an interesting, especially for the dealerships. It's interesting because the average, like, I personally sold my best year when I was on was five sixteen. It was my best year, five hundred sixteen units. All right, the average dealership up there don't even sell that many in a single year. Um, I mean, my mid store wouldn't even do break 400 units in a year. Wow. Like, so the size of the dealerships are a lot smaller, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what's, what's unfortunate is that they, they seem to copy pay plans like the U.S. dealerships, but it's an entirely different environment up there. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Plus, there's a whole big thing with, like, the websites and Trader and just, like... Oh, yeah. There's no control of marketing and the, you know, have your own website. And then the co-op policies and just Someone like, else owns your oh inventory. Gosh. Like, uh, the whole thing's jacked up to me. Mm-hmm. Every time someone tells me a story, I'm just like, what are you talking about? Oh, literally, I fight it. Like, go to I'm, the auto, get your own inventory fee, go get your own website, and put all these people to bed. Like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> no, I know. And the funny thing is they can't. They literally are held hostage up there by certain vendors, right? But, Which drives me nuts because, I mean, without the, without the dealer, there is... No vendor. See, that's right. what I try to tell everybody. They don't understand that, that these marketplaces, all right, they got too big for their bridges and now feel like they own all this stuff. They literally, in their contracts, pretty much say that they own the IP of all their inventory, which is mind-boggling, and the dealerships still seem to sign off on it, which blows my mind. But um, what happens is the marketplace didn't exist unless the dealerships actually was willing to put their inventory onto the marketplace in the first place. And it's just been a shit show for the last 15 well, years up there. Well, right. But I mean, that's, and to be fair, that's no different than here, right? Like, yeah. We made a mistake 20 years ago. Giving up Let, that. Giving letting up auto that, yeah. resell us our inventory. Like, yeah. That's, that's not a thing. Okay. <laughs> we all get it. You know, it was a mistake, but now it's just blown up right now. There's, there's cars, car gurus, everyone, I mean, at Carfax, everyone's trying to inventory feed out. And the most frustrating thing for me is these guys, if I own, if I own 10 stores and have one feed, that, that, that's, what, that's what the feed should be. It yeah. shouldn't be an individual rooftop or per, no. Here's one feed. I, I get why it used to be that way because it was difficult to combine feeds. Literally. Here's one feed. From have a, a, nice a pure technical perspective, that's all you need. Like it, it's literally we just come up with random stuff to charge people. That's, 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 it. that's all it is. That's, all, that's all, it is. all it is. And that's why we created our business. Yes, yeah, and that's, and that's kind of the loop around. That's where I kind of was getting here, right? Yeah, that's what we can't. We can't have that be the case. We, yeah. our, our whole job is to inspect. We don't sell anything. Yeah. Uh, but but what we call vendor management. This idea of looking over dealers and mm-hmm. making sure they're not being taken advantage of. Not everyone's honest in the vendor space. Just of course. Talking about the sales space. 100 percent. Um, everyone has great salespeople. You go to these shows. You know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. It, it, everyone's big shiny object. What am I going to sign up for? Yep. And we try to help them understand that that's probably not. Call them diet pills. Yeah. 
Everybody, like every dealership out there is looking for that next diet pill. Of course. You know, they don't, no one actually wants to do the work for it. No. They just want to take a magic pill exactly. and just like, well, that's Steffi's operational shit's yeah. taken care of now. No, no. Yeah, Steffi's <laughs> background is a personal trainer. And yeah. so she's, that's what she talks about. Oh, the then time. you completely yeah. understand that. I totally right? get like, it. You can't, it don't happen that way. I totally right? get it. I've had a client show up drunk. <laughs> Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I say Drunk. I'm younger. I, I may have gone to the gym a couple times still. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't paying a trainer, man. I, was I know that's the gym. You know what that's I mean? bushy. That's yeah. ballsy, actually. She yeah. wasn't so young either. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't very young. She either. was old enough that's to ballsy, understand. Actually, to show was. up to your personal trainer. I couldn't. Drunk. I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay. But well. your point was always lack of commitment. That was it is lack issue. of commitment, definitely. That was always the issue. And, and and this idea that you were just gonna you were just gonna wake up and it was gonna be. You didn't have to do the work. Like yeah. you said, you just, it was, it's the weight the, was going to come off. The diet pill. I was it's good, man. the American dream. I was good. It is. It is the, it's the silver bullet. And, and look, I say this all the time. There's only one internet. Yeah. That's it. So all far these, as I know. All, all, yeah. That you're aware of, that I'm aware of, that any of us <laughs> yeah. can access. Yeah. I always joke the government has their own. It's none of my business. Yeah. So on our internet that we can use, the, the marketing is, Jason, what you do isn't proprietary. No, not at all. To anything, I, I do not. I do not have internet. a magic. I, I tell everybody, I, I have. I have no magic fairy dust. No. All right. And there's a lot of companies out there that claim they do. They like do. A lot of companies. That I do. mean, just throw out the I'm algorithms like, and the nonsense like, and, the, like, and, the, and the fancy well, our systems are constantly calculating down to the millisecond of the proper key. No, you know you don't. Just stop. Uh, just, stop. just please stop. We please make 3,000 um, bit adjustments every two and a half minutes. Like, yeah, I know. I'm then, like, you're, then you're fucking bad at your job. You yeah, shouldn't have to you make, have this to make many that many adjustments, adjustments in a given day. <laughs> just don't tell me consumer behavior just all of a sudden was like, well, you know what? We're going to change directions. <laughs> it's what true. we've been doing for the last five effing years. But, but a lot of people do want, and I'm sure you probably get this too, uh, in your background being a personal trainer, is this set it and forget it type of mentality. Yes. You know, they just want to write the check. You know, they just want to, uh, I mean, yeah. really at the end of the day, they just say, oh yeah, I got a personal trainer, but they don't actually have to show up. They just oh, want to yeah. say that they can do it. It's like, I hate to say it, actually, I'm going to admit this, and it's going to be horrible, I'm going to get shit for it. I paid for a gym membership for a solid year. And never freaking went. Look, this is okay. So, how bad is that? I'm gonna find out. So, one of our good friends ha- uh, runs a gym. Yeah. And he he came over one day and and basically said that that like. Because uh, I just never got the economics right. Like I look at the building, I hear what his rent is, and I'm like, okay, how's how the F, do you possibly make any money in this joint? I always see like and so 13 people here when I'm here. All those people. We both look at him and we're like, for all the people that come in at January 1st and yep. sign up for their membership, come for like the first week and then never go, but forget that it's being deducted. And he's like, what are you talking about? Or too embarrassed about? to say anything. Right, yep. true. And he's like, well, no, no. And, sh- and our friend's like, yeah, that's like 80% of our <laughs> 80% business. 80% of his clientele is business. less than 90 days into a year's And yes, contract. working at wow. a gym, yes, you have the people who come two hours a day and you got to kick them out. Like, yep. go home. And then they go get another gym membership somewhere else because they don't know they just worked out for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Or you have the people that forget they have a gym membership and don't come. Set it and forget it. Yeah. And that's and, that, and it's another it's another huge issue. And again, but that doesn't also mean that constant change is necessary either. What it means is no, no. You ha- it's the same thing it's as working out. You have to create a routine. Yes. All right. Like if no, I'm not saying I can get a six pack. This pig of mine took some hard work to make. Sure. Um, hard. But if I wanted to, there were there's a very specific routine. Yes. That I would have to get into. Yes. All right. 
I would have probably a stage one on my routine, and then as I kind of got to a certain stage, those I'd have breakfast to kind of meetings a, would look a, a lot stage. different, Jason. Oh they man, look those a breakfast lot meetings. Would Most be just of like, your meetings would look actually a lot, a lot different, of my okay? meetings would look very very different. Yes, they but, would. But, but obviously, I'd have to create a routine, and then I'd have to change it at some level as yep. I progressively move up. I mean, that's the same way that we look at marketing with our dealerships, right? Is that we start them off at an entry level, kind of a beginner style, you know, a See, class, I like the, I like and we start to approach, move them up. That is not the approach of the many. In, in the space. Yeah, no, that's very true. <laughs> the approach of the many in the space is how can I get all of the money I can up front and then let them just build, just chip away at me over time and keep my contract live. And that's what pisses me off. Yeah, that drives me nuts. Because, I see so much of it. Because the reality is if it works, and this is from uh, the marketing director at the stores we work with, Monica, she always says this, if it works, you can feed the beast. 100%. But what, we, what I always say is well, what you can't do is get the beast to spit back out money if the month sucks. No. For instance, January... In the United States, it was one of the worst Januarys that this country has seen in, in sales for a while. For a while. Yeah, we felt it up in Canada. We talked well. a lot of dealers. Yep. A lot of people felt it. Right? Yep. Weather, whatever. It doesn't matter because no one cares what the excuse is, whether it's weather or reality. Oh, no. no I, 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 I've got, I got a couple of people that I, I literally, uh, actually, just before I flew up here, I was in a meeting with the dealership. The meeting starts off, and I said, before we go any farther, I just want to make sure. Are you blaming marketing? for your sales in January? He's like, ah, ah, ah. I'm like, cause you can if you want, it's okay. We'll walk through this. So he's like, yeah, I'm thinking we've talked to everyone. I think that was the problem. Okay, so then we walk through it, right? Yeah. But at least admit it, it's, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, and marketing can, marketing can be the problem, but if these guys really look at it. Typically it's not, honestly it's, it isn't. <laughs> it's, it's not, I say it because you're a marketer, so I don't want to sit here and, no, 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 and no, no, act no. like it's not no. a thing, it is. See, the thing is I'm a marketer, just... but I'm operations first. Right, you, right? Run, you run the I have a very weird, yeah, I come from a totally, everything we do comes from a perspective of operations because I run the dealership, literally worked every single position in a dealership. Yeah. Um, I remember I was like you. I was a salesperson. I was making six figures a year, and but my goal was to own my own dealership. So I actually stopped being a salesperson about three years into it and took a job as a service advisor for forty grand a year. And every day, my manager would come to me. He goes, I hate you. Right. Like why you know, you like why are you doing this? And I'm like, you yeah. don't get it. I got a bigger plan here. You know. And and I did, I didn't stay with it. I, mean, I did my nine months. I took my nine months. I I, I literally I I, what I, I paid I paid for my my uh, my education. That's what I did, okay. right? You, you know, I just I took my pay cut and I went and got the education I needed in the service department. You know, I did the same thing in the F and I department. I did the same thing with the admin department. I went upstairs and I was a controller's bitch for nine months again. That was again, quite just interesting. To learn that side of it. Just to learn that yeah. side of it, hundred percent. Yeah, that's I mean that's what you do. I mean nine. Last, worst nine months of my life in the car business was finance. <laughs> I used to come home to her and just be like, oh, I, he I hated it. But you have, to, you have to understand. You, you have to understand. If you're going to run dealerships, you're going to be an effective general manager. And, and look, we got a lot of people who get promoted without without reason anymore. You know, mm. it's, it, the, it's not a cliche. The worst salesman makes probably the worst manager. And I know that because I was a high end salesperson, but I wasn't the best. Sure. I was a 30 car guy. Sure. Not still guys doing 40, 50 cars. Fine, that's better. But I had, a, I had an ability to just get things done. So that's why in dealerships, it's all about how hard you work mm -hmm. and what time you want to put in. And that's, that's the one cool thing I still like about it. the dealership is that, you know, you don't have to be the most popular kid at school. All right. But if you work your freaking face off, you can make, you can make the money. Like you can. You can make money. And you, all you have to do is just, so, you, yeah, I don't I either. Mean, this is, this is my education. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and this is what we got. And when I met her, she was, you know, I was, 
I've had two jobs in my life. I've either been sing, slinging suits or selling cars. And when I met suits. her, I was selling. Yeah, I used to work for a men's warehouse. Nice. Um, for the longest time, I was one of the youngest GMs in company history and all this other shit. But Steffi, when she met me, I was working for them. And I was trying to do the whole corporate ladder climb. And it was just like, by the time you actually got out of the retail stores and into the corporation, it was just like, oh, no, this is not going to work out. Like, yeah. the walls are coming in. She just, yeah, she was able to kind of see that right away and be like, just don't, don't do this. Don't, don't be miserable at a job. Don't just keep a job. You keep a job if you don't have to. So. so for a lot of people out there, because I have had several people ask me, you know, what does Sean Welsh and actually do? <laughs> Um, but don't get, don't get me wrong though. I, I get the question asked myself because, uh, you'll find a lot of my content actually has nothing to do with what I mean? actually do. It <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's just my passion. It's just what, it's just what I end up talking yeah, about. None and of my, con- none of my content, content does either, which is why people don't understand. Exactly. Cause I don't use my content to sell anything. I, I, I don't, I don't either. No, I, don't. I, I don't put out there, go, Hey, no. come do a video with me or, no. you know, let us make phone calls. Actually, most of the time people go, you have a full BBC for hire. I'm like, uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Wait a second. I've known you for two years and I didn't know that. <laughs> right, like, I, I just learned it. I didn't, I didn't know that. Again, you don't, it, you're, you're posting your content. It's about content. It's well, about, it's, it's about the same as it, it is. Engagement. Well, it's about the brand. Yeah. So, um, Tell me a little bit about what you guys do at you so know, Car Biz Done Better. What we, what we Done actually Better. do at Car Biz Done Better is we take dealers, we help them deal. It's the new, it's the new slogan. Okay. Dealers deal with digital marketing. Deal so with digital marketing. Deal okay, with like digital that. marketing. So again, there's no sale of product, right? You have your whole suite of things you sell. Mm-hmm. We don't. But if you come into a dealership and you say, "Hey, Mr. Dealer, we're gonna we're gonna sign you up," and we say to Mr. Dealer, calls us, says, "Sean, Jason's company wants to sign up with us." They want to, you know, they want us to get on board with them. Sure. All right, cool. Well, let's demo it. So Jason and I will talk on the demo, blah, blah, blah. I sit through more demos than anyone you've ever met in your whole life. That's my whole job. Across <laughs> that's, the country, I sit, that's all I do for dealers is sit through demos from chat products to websites, you name it. Yep. If I haven't heard of it, I'm about to hear of it. And, and we always try to stay on that cutting edge of it. Sure. So the goal is to help balance that relationship. So we sit, we meet with you. And we get done with the meeting. We talk about, all right, how does what Jason do align with what we already do? Mm-hmm. And what are we going to replace? How are we going to exchange? Duplicate services is a huge issue in the car business. Oh right? my gosh. Right? It is I, literally I, last week, first consultation with the dealership, three different CRM systems that they're paying well over a Gino to piece for a month. Mm-hmm. Not a single one of them were being used. Right. Sorry, anyways, you, go ahead. Or, yeah. or, or you have people who are like, oh, well, I have one guy who does my PPC, another guy does my SEM, and you're just like, Oh, don't forget about the SEO guy. Tell me you're joking. Yeah, but I mean, but, but those two are literally doing the same thing. The SEO guy is just part of the acronym nonsense that we developed. <laughs> I know. But I mean, that's acronym selling, right? You can't, you can't do it without it. But yeah, so that's, the goal is to, the goal is to take, like Steffi said, is to take this idea of compassion for that part of the side of the business mm-hmm. and this idea that there's just endless pockets. Dealerships just have. We are an advocate for dealers. So That's what we are. We're, anytime they want to do marketing, we want to advocate. For it's them. funny. We often run into the obstacle that people think that he's taking over someone's job within the dealership. Mm-hmm. And so we created these videos yeah. to show people that we're not trying to take your job. We're trying to help you. And I think that's the hardest thing for dealers is dealers are always being taken advantage of. So yes. when someone is trying to help them, they're like, nah. Well, and then, yeah, then we that's nah. true. I get that a lot. I really do. And, and so then that- we jump into the price point and they're just like, there's absolutely no way for this price point that you can do anything you just said. Because based on what I'm going to pay you, that's 
it's less than 2% of what I pay out to these vendors. There's no way for that you're going to be available to us. You're going to do these things for us. You're going to you know, deliver your material. We deliver everything to our clients via HD video. Okay. So in like John Madden Telestrator style. <laughs> so like I've got I've got a you know, big app system we work from and we just in, we we log into their GA live and we just circle what happened in the month here's what happened here's conversions here's the fall down what the fuck is this how'd that get there yep. break it down then we do a full budget worksheet then you go through what we refer to as the big three and initially it was like oh man you know we don't really have anything proprietary I remember her coming and be like someone's gonna copy it. it's like yeah they find me. I don't understand. Like they can have everything we do is simply open. You know, anyone well, can have it. It's, but it's, to, it's, to me, it's, it's a, a lot team. like that personal training kind of thing. I mean, it's it's uh, the way I'm kind of wrapping my head around analogy wise is. is that you guys are, you are actually trying to get them into a point where they create a routine to slim down and get fitter. Thank all right? you. Um, because I have been and trying. I can, I can understand why you understand it so quick because your background with it because that's that's the approach, right? Totally. Sorry, I, I was going to say I have been she, begging him for a year to just go in and say, do you go and lose weight without a personal trainer? Yeah. Some people try and they fail. Right. right. Do you do your taxes without going to an accountant? No. Like, yeah. no. Do you, do you have a guy that you work with on your stock? Sean, you, know, you, you need to listen to her. He does when he realizes it was his idea, yeah, and then yeah, we come forward. Wow. <laughs> wish, wish I had my wife here. There's so many similarities. <laughs> I'm sure she, she would agree. We're all, <laughs> we're all alike. Again, it's <laughs> yep. similar. It's all, again, it takes to have creative minds who are always working and trying to stay current and new content, you yep. have to have someone who's standing next to you who can hold their own yep. and deal with it. It's it's not easy, but on the other hand, I'm not that easy as well. No, so. it, look, it's it's it being a personal trainer for, for a dealership. That's it's a full time gig. It really can be. It right? can be. It's in, and you know, taking a look and deciding where the money is being spent, how it's being spent, and the effectiveness of it being spent, you know, it's there's a lot of hats. Yes. You know, this is the one thing I learned from, and and actually got to the point. This is the part where I really got frustrated actually having the dealership. Is it actually got to the point where I couldn't myself do my own marketing for my own dealership because I had so many other hats I had to wear. And and that's what we that's what we try and come in and help with that hat. So what happens is marketing directors originally are like, oh god, these guys are. Try to try to unseat us. Yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna take our jobs. I got news for you. If I wanted your job, I would take it. You just walk in there and ask for it. I'll just take it. Yeah, no, I agree. But I literally I, run into the exact same conversation. But I don't want to live in Boise, Idaho, so yep. I'm good. I'm from okay? Boise, I'm so good. don't be talking about, I'm about just saying, Boise. I don't want to live in Boise. That's I just, actually pretty funny. I say that because my buddy my buddy runs a dealership there that works for me. That's why I say it because which he's one? A Maverick uh, car company. Okay. In Boise, used car store, little cool. little guy, brand got a brand new building. That's beautiful. And and bad example. That's no no. That's fine. Go ahead, go ahead. But the point is that it was like you don't don't be afraid of what you don't know because we're going to be your biggest advocate and we're going to help you. And yep. so directors that sign up with us, they love us because they can go do their job while we track down vendors, set up meetings, so vet new products. If my client comes to me and says he wants a new paid search company, I go out and vet three new firms and bring them in. So is it safe to say, and I'm just kind of so kind of map out the it relationship the time, there, yeah. is that that person at the dealership, um, you guys really give them the opportunity and the time, keyword time, to continue to develop out their strategies at the dealership level, and then you guys come in and like a proper consultant, proper trainer, continue to monitor, measure the effectiveness Only of the what they're I, I will comment on your strategy. 
That's not my business. Yeah. So, so that's so, so I so where you so this actually this would work perfect because I would come in I would give them the strategy. Yes. I would lay out the entire thing. My business is to make sure the strategy you lay out happens in the data from what they expect. See, that's perfect. And what they see. Now you know what the unfortunate part is is that there's a lot. It, there's a lot of unfortunate <laughs> part, but is that we do that your business does have to exist. It has you know to. What I mean? But but from a vendor perspective, we think about it, right? Like, no, it's it's perfect that you're doing it, but it's sad from a vendor perspective that you have to do it because there's so many of them out there that are taking advantage of dealerships and just trying to steal that dollar from them. Well, yeah, I mean, but again, I I think to be fair to that point, and I say this to everybody, how many people are ever going to walk in and say they had a bad month on the marketing side? You ever sat in a meeting where your marketing company came in and said they blew it the month before? That ever happened to you? Uh, no, I have. <laughs> I, that's not that bad. Like, See, now we're getting. That's not what I asked, though, right? That's true. What I said was, has anyone ever come in and said it to you? No, no, no. Because no one does that. Yeah, I do it. I admit fault. Why? Because I'm a baseball nut, right? So you bring yes. up the Roger Center, Toronto, this whole thing. I'm, I'm, I'm jazzed about coming Dude, out it's in September. Be so much fun. You're it's, gonna come. It's her well, it's birthday. birthday. That's yeah, right. We're coming out. It's gonna be that's fun. Right. But it, the thing is, is in baseball, you're a Hall of Famer. You do your job right 30 percent of the time. That's it. 30 percent. You're only as good as literally what those numbers say you are. That's so so let's no not. Way get so let's not act like you're gonna hit a thousand, right? Exactly. And that's not a thing. And neither is 400. No. It's only been done twice. So it's not really a thing even. So to me, I look at it and I say to myself, if we can admit fault and we can have our vendors admit fault, like vendors have to fill out the, the ones that really care about working with clients long-term who work with us, is that every month they have to submit a form to us basically that's highs, lows, things that need to be addressed. So that we oh, communicate good. those to the clients. People are like, what do you mean lows? It's like, dude, give me a break. There's a low in here. Oh, no, there, 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 there's something you have come up no, short on. Let's deliver back on it. You it know? There, there's always room. It was kind of what I was talking about earlier when I had that dealership that wanted to blame marketing for having a bad month. Because you know, to finish that, that, that story, it's totally okay. It can happen. All right, it, we may have just not hit it on the head. We, the message may not have been appropriate for the audience that we were targeting. And maybe that month, and, and it looked like. Well, looking at the data, really what it's going to turn out in this particular case, it was more of an operations thing. Just Correct. weren't touching desk as much as we thought we should have and so on and so forth, right? But there definitely was some marketing stuff that were that, that can be addressed and are going to be addressed. And right. really what it was was just there was a it was a Nissan store. So we were 37% down in Nissan Rogue's sales, which is kind of crazy because like literally for... Sounds like Nissan here. Yeah, yeah but, it, but that's nuts though. For a Nissan dealership, I mean, they can pretty much... Like they don't even have to advertise a rogue and they'll still sell the damn things, right? Sure. Like I mean, it's just like so. It was just weird to see. So you know, okay, so fine. We'll, we'll we you know we decided to make some changes, move, reallocate some dollars, a heavier percentage into the rogue category than some of the other some of the other spots. But that's trippy to see a Nissan dealership thirty seven percent down year over year in in just SUV in rogue sales. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. You know, they have new SUVs. will eat a little bit up, but still, that's a lot. I mean, we look in the January. Yeah. It is what it is. And, and what we try to do, the other thing is, is separate separate marketing from the actual job, right? Yeah. Your job, Jason, is to drive showroom traffic. That's your job. Right? Yep. I take so, responsibility up to the door. So it's, it's like the only person, <laughs> once, once they get, the only person when, in the world ever said it to us, right? No, I will literally You're take responsibility. You're the only person I will, who gets us. Really? <laughs> because everyone's like, well, well Jason, I, I, I'm going to sell you more cars. No, 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 no. Yeah. I will take responsibility up to the door. Once they're in the door, then it's your responsibility. Correct. Right. So if, 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 if I know your data is mar- dialed into the marketing side because I can see the data. Yeah. I know it's dialed in. If that's the case and you're still not selling cars, go go talk to somebody else. Go, yeah. go, go figure out because what you're marketing, that's what people will say to me all the time. Sean, it only took you a year 
to get my marketing dialed in. And now I, 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 I it's epiphany. I realized yeah. I, I need to do more training. I need to do this, do that. It's just like, yes, go do that. Go it's it's funny you say that because I actually, my team actually has me a hard time for it because they have to constantly remind me that I don't sell operational consulting and that I do marketing uh, because they'll come into a meeting with me. I, I legitly spend probably 70% of my time talking about operations and very little time actually ever talking about actual marketing because that's what the job's about the two have to the two have to exist with each other right there's so, not a ton of marketers who have a background in selling cars by the way which I'm no sure that's sure you know. yes very much sure, i'm so. sure you know it's a set to apart when you walk into rooms and have these conversations I, I love walking into rooms where they they haven't done they, they've never sold a car in their life and then i'll just kind of sit there and hear the demo because i've heard a lot of demos sure. i like to sit in the back of rooms a lot and yeah. hear demos and just kind of and it just sit there yeah. and grind my I teeth i wish i got bit. to sit in the back of the room and listen instead of sit there and be like yes <laughs> no your online meeting's terrible. Please make it stop. Please make it stop. Just zone out. Just hit I mute. can't, dude. I can't. Play some I solitaire over no. here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, you know, the second you do that, someone's like, and what do you think? And you're just like, yeah. <laughs> and that's it, you know? It's bad. So, yeah, it's, for us, for us, it's always about it's always about watching over the doer, making sure they're being taken care of. Yep. Making sure they have the support they need. And, and we, we put out fires. We fix shit. Yeah. If a problem, we call. You know, here in the U.S., the companies we deal with, I have bat phones into most of the higher-ups. I can get to the people I need to get jobs done. That's why I work with the people I do. You know, that's why I refer people is because I know they'll be taken care of yeah. by these companies. But those companies will be the first to tell you. If they start to falter on service, they don't like Shawnee. Nah, they, they're big fans of Shawnee when he gets them in a store. Oh, I don't think I don't Not think big fans of Shawnee when they because... fire them because they suck mm-hmm. at their jobs because they outgrow their support. But it also well, goes. that's usually the biggest issue is the outgrow their support, right? Like there, uh, there's a reason why I don't have a couple hundred clients, and I don't necessarily, and I might, but if I do, it's going to be some serious. You, did you see that picture the other day I posted when I literally had a VR headset on my head? I, I did. I just... Okay, uh, so like, uh, I, have a, I have a guy... I want to bust your balls a little bit. Like, just what are we doing here with the VR? Like, are we, is this what we're going to do? Is this what we're going to try and... So I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what Why I was can't doing. we just call In, Inside, inside the, the helmet that I was wearing was actually a virtual boardroom. Oh. So I was literally talking to another client that is probably about three to four hours away from me. Wow. So in the boardroom, I was showing him all the stuff that we were working on at that given moment. And in real time, he was able to ask questions and I was able to bring other members in that weren't even in our space, wow. but were at home at the moment. So we tested this also whole thing Also with their helmets on? Also with their helmets on. Okay. Yeah. Um, just, just it, looks, it looks weird as shit. Like it does, but... It works. Yeah, what we did, see, that's what we trippy. figured out. Well, what we figured out is what you're going down the road of, right? Yeah. You're going down a road of trying to say, how do I basically monetize more and be in the same space. How do yeah. I get myself out there without having to hit the 8,000 kilometers or whatever oh. Canadian numbers you're throwing around to me? What does that calculate out to? About 5,000 miles? Yeah. Yeah, a month? A month? Yeah. yeah. Okay, no thanks, right? So uh, this is the most driving I'll do <laughs> probably for a good six months, I would say, unless we're going on a personal road trip. If we're talking about work-related driving, this, oh. this drive oh. was Let's not act like we do anything personal. It's mostly based around business. We do. But like, well, we, we like to kid we ourselves. Why are we going to Toronto? Business. Business. See, Jason, but then we'll be in Toronto. So. Yeah. We're going to have fun. Go out for your birthday. I know all this. Oh, place. no, totally. Totally. And no doubt. But again, it just it goes down to the fact that it, it's never 
personal. It's always business. There always is. Always business. I'm always in my phone. We're always talking about business. It's just, it's funny. That was back to your, that that takes us all the way back to the end. See, that's a great thing to end on. Right where we started, which was, do home and business ever collide? No, they're the same. They're the same thing. They're the same thing. And when you're, when you embrace that, that, um, personal training mentality you can't you're like you know ne- you never stop being a personal trainer you, you're always on no. all she the time not. well i she could ma- but he yeah. also never stops he's always in his phone he had again just like money has a terrible relationship with his phone terrible granted <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's it's the, the, it's the work ethic which yep. no doubt i don't want to be out there so please she's happy to have me do it she is but it does. No. It, at a certain point, it's like, come on. Like we we had a certain night recently where something happened and he couldn't get to his phone. And you know, he's the next morning. He's like, you know, no one died. You know, no what? fires burned down houses. You got to get into a routine. You, you got the routine of also turning it off. I, I had those couple hours a night. I turn it off. I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have that routine. I don't have that routine. My phone never. Uh, he, is, he gets is into off, it and then he gets out of I'm it. I'm not great at it, happens. but I try. But you can't turn the head off, and I guess that is more my yeah, point. Yeah, and that's is my problem. I can't shut that head off because the head is what's going to get everything else going. And the phone is the just next a idea. necessary means of taking notes and being in front of things, and that's and researching. I make excuses. I hired a fucking therapist for it, dude. It's barely helped. Uh, she me a lot of. That's so funny because I, I did the same. Yeah, <laughs> no, because I don't want it to be. I don't. I, I joke. I get, it's the leading cause of divorce the f- in my house. No, the fact. In my house. Yeah. How dare. <laughs> How dare. Um, my thing more was get out and talk to somebody else. He talks yeah. to me. He talks to Jeff. He, go talk to somebody who is, has nothing to do with it and is bipartisan and can just guide you, you know? Yeah, and she's been, again, it's, it is helpful to have that outside voice. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's, <clears throat> but no, that's actually probably, a, we could do that a whole other subject, but yeah. I think it is really important as entrepreneurs, we do have, we have really, really struggled turning this thing off. Yes. Um, and uh, I've had to find very interesting ways. I keep, I keep notebooks with me. I have stacks and stacks and stacks yeah. of notebooks. I have whiteboards down in my basement that if I need to just go dump my brain, that's what I call it. Right. I go dump my brain so that I can be intentful during at once I've done and at least try to spend some time with the kids and be intentful, you know, but no, that's, you have to do that. It's hard. It is. It's hard. And especially when you don't have kids and you work in your home, it's this hamster wheel sometimes. And again, because we, we don't have that detachment. Yeah. It's, it's Every different way of workspace, something is just, just, I meant uh, the different, again, going back to the, home and business yes. couple. The, the division. Yes. There is no division. Of we don't have states. that. No. But I don't know that I'd have it any other way because it, I wouldn't want to go to an office, you know. We spend, I'm fortunate, this is my best friend I spend 90% of my life with. Yeah, I see, that's you know, pretty cool. Wherever I go, whatever I do, she's with me. We're or terrible. The other 10% of my apart. life is spent with the guy behind you. <laughs> that's my whole life. That's yeah. who I spend it with and that's how I prefer to do it. Yeah. Um, it's just easier that way, so. Well, cool, guys. I think that's a great place to wrap, to wrap it up. Um, I'm really excited to get this edited because there's just so many good, juicy Definitely. opportunities in there. Yeah. And, and I really think, look, at the end of the day when we do these things, it's it's just about trying to bring value to the people that are listening to it. And, you know, um, entrepreneurs and their wives and the families that support them, 
Yeah, it's it's the same. I mean, I, I have the same conversation with a lot of dealer principals. They run into the exact same issues, you know, so I think it's cool to actually kind of, you know, it, and the other thing too is it actually brings a human part to it, right? I mean, we're still considered vendors. I think people are actually going to realize I am a human now that I've had her on here because they've all heard about her, but I think they all think that I'm, it's all made up. Well, that's the persona I put out. <laughs> I'm kidding. But no, I do I think, think it, it, it. Honestly, I think it'd be great if you guys did a piece together on a regular basis. It's funny because we've, we've always about said recently, that. Recently, the last couple of episodes, I started to be playing back with her a little bit. <laughs> he does. He does. And I, again, like I said, I'm behind the scenes in my cell phone drowning him out because I hear him talk all day. <laughs> so the last thing I need to do is hear him talk for the next eight to ten minutes. But um, yeah, I we have dabbled with that. And I think it's also a good idea to have a podcast for no, I think fans. you the can literally create... No, the wives of the car business. No, seriously. I think or that there's a whole couples in the car there. business. Totally. I really think that has to happen because it, it, they are people and just because they have this persona of how much money they make or whatever, they work really hard for their money. And they don't necessarily have a... I would say a real Easy proper time. support team. No. Do you know what I mean? That's why right. so we did I the think... episode a couple weeks ago about the support team for the podcast. It was just yeah. important to me to let people know that if you're going to do this, you think it's so... One of the most offensive things I've heard since I started my own business is someone go to me and go, well, you I can start my own business. You did. And it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I have no idea what that even means, dude. And it's, yeah. You I know? think it's a compliment that he makes things look so easy, but it is kind of like, it's a lot of work. are you kidding? Yeah. Do you know how hard this ends? is? And then we had the podcast on top of it and you're just like, all right, where's more content? And, and, and then the, the Chronicles? E- the, easier, the, Chronicles. the easier it looks, the harder it is, guaranteed. Agreed. <laughs> we make it look easy, it's, it's actually the more difficult. No right? doubt. And as we've ramped it up, we see less and less of our family. We are not around as much. We live further away. We're always traveling. I mean, yeah. it happens. And, see, and those are the type of stories that I think it would be great to put out there. Yeah, right? And the strategies and putting them out it there would. would be really awesome. Totally. Well, cool, guys. Thank you right. so much for taking the time. I know it's thank super, you. super late. John, Steph, thank you guys. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you guys and talking to you. And I'm really looking forward to putting this together, putting this edited and getting it out there. It's awesome, Jason. Thank Thanks you. a lot, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks Appreciate it. Thanks, man.